You're listening to the Gray City Daily Podcast from here to there. And this morning, we actually have Cohen Brown, who will be leading uh, a couple of sessions uh, throughout our weeks together. Cohen is the college lead here at Gray City, so I'm excited for you to hear from his teaching. Well, good morning. Today, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 15. Uh, we're going to be reading this short psalm of David as he gives us descriptions of a godly person characteristics of a godly person. So uh, Psalm chapter 15, verse 1, David says, Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The one who lives blamelessly, practices righteousness, and acknowledges the truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue, who does not harm his friend or discredit his neighbor, who despises the one rejected by the Lord, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his word, whatever the cost, who does not lend his silver at interest or take a bribe against the innocent. The one who does these things will never be shaken. All right, so uh, this is a Psalm of David, and the structure of this is pretty simple. It's five verses. The first verse, David asks a question, and the last four verses, David gives his answer. So what's his question? He's asking, Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? What do these questions mean? Both of these questions are different ways of asking, God, who can live in your presence? Okay, so uh, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, um, they met God in the tabernacle or in the tent of meeting. That was where God's presence was. It was confined in a location in the tent. And after making sacrifices, the people of Israel were allowed to enter and be in God's presence in worship in a holy assembly. Okay. So that was a consistent thing for the people of Israel. They're like, this is where you can consistently go to experience some sort of uh, presence of God. And then if you're looking for like one big moment, well, David uh, is talking about Mount Sinai with the next question, who can live on your holy mountain? So if you uh, remember where Moses was when he received the Ten Commandments on behalf of Israel, he was on top of Mount Sinai. And this was a big moment for the people of Israel that they reference over and over about how God reveals his presence completely and reveals his glory to Moses. Okay, when Moses receives the Ten Commandments and God reveals his glory on this mountain, it sort of blinds Moses. And then he comes back glowing with light and blinds the Israelites a little bit. And so um, it's just this really powerful, very, very supernatural moment of God revealing his presence. And so that's what David is asking is asking here. He's saying, Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? Who, who lives in your presence, God? What kind of people live in your presence? Who does that? And his first answer to this is the one who lives blamelessly, practices righteousness, and acknowledges the truth in his heart. This is sort of these are his foundational characteristics of a person of God who lives blamelessly. So strives to live a good, moral, upright life for the sake of, of God. They live accountable to God, okay? Uh, someone who practices righteousness, someone who disciplines themselves to grow in the things that God wants them to grow in, okay? Someone who practices these things. And someone who acknowledges the truth in his heart. Someone who does not convince themselves of lies or believe lies, but they know the truth because God has revealed his true self. And uh, they simply submit to that truth of who God is. These are his three sort of foundational things of a godly person. 
So let's get into some definitions. What does David necessarily mean by this? So in verse two, um, let's look at practice righteousness. Okay, so this is something that Pastor Brian preached on uh, this Sunday. Uh, he preached on Second Peter chapter one, and uh, Peter is saying a very similar thing that David's saying here. If we look in verse five of this psalm, after David's done listing all of the things, David says that the one who does these things or practices these things will never be shaken. And in the passage that Pastor Brian preached on Sunday, 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter calls this church that he's writing to, he calls them to supplement their faith with goodness or blamelessness, knowledge, self-control, endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, love, faithfulness. Peter calls the church uh, to pursue these things, to practice these things, to be disciplined in these things. And then in verse 10, Peter says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. Some translations say, uh, if you practice these things, you will not fall. So it's good there that we're seeing a consistency with the Old and New Testament, which you're always going to see, um, because both you know are God's word. Uh, and the consistent teaching here that is that godly people, people of God, practice righteousness. They acknowledge the fact that they're sinners and that they have to outgrow what they've wrongfully grown into. They have to unlearn what they've wrongly learned. Uh, and so uh, practicing righteousness always starts with acknowledging the fact that righteousness doesn't come natural to us. As sinners, as, as sinful human beings, righteousness doesn't come natural. Okay, so it's something that we need to pursue and to practice. We need to pursue goodness, trying to live blamelessly. Um, we need to practice righteousness, and we need to acknowledge the truth of God in our heart. Okay, uh, and so, uh, yeah, practicing righteousness is a very key characteristic of God's people. Disciplines, spiritual disciplines, things that you do that are not necessarily comfortable, but that grow you in the things that God wants you to grow in. This list that Peter gives in 2 Peter chapter 1, goodness, endurance, godliness, uh, brotherly affection, love, um, knowledge. Growing in all these things, it takes effort. It takes conviction. You need to set aside time. You need to make effort. You need to cut things out. You need to add things. You need to make conscious decisions. The key here for us to apply this uh, is that practicing righteousness, practicing disciplines, takes work, takes effort, takes us out of our comfort zone. Uh, but the, the positive payoff to this that David and Peter both say is that if you practice these things, you won't fall. You will not be shaken. Okay. They're saying the exact same thing here. Why do we practice things? You know, if you're a basketball player, why do you practice basketball? Is it to win your scrimmage at practice? No, it's, it's to win the games that are coming. You know, there are games that you want to win. There are tests that you want to pass. That's why we study, you know practicing things you practice things because you know what's coming and you want to withstand the test you want to pass the test when it comes you don't want to be you don't want to fall when the time comes you don't want to be crumbled you you want to uh, be unshaken you want to stand firm so that's why as godly people we practice these things okay uh, let's move on to verse four uh, another characteristic of godly people that david says here uh, Godly people despise the one rejected by the Lord, and they honor those who fear the Lord. Okay, so the point here 
is that we hate what God hates and we love what God loves. We love God's goodness and we hate sinfulness. Okay, and we hate the fact that there are people in this world, us included, uh, that, that commit evil things, that do evil things, okay? We especially hate the fact that people do evil things unrepentantly. God's people hate when they see injustice being done, when they see evil being done, when we see, as he goes on in verse 5 to say here, people um, taking bribes against the innocent, lend their silver at interest, people who basically see people in, in areas of need and they take advantage of them. We hate when we see those things. Um, and we work to uh, cancel those things out, to eliminate those things. We call out immorality for what it is. Um, but there's even, there's more specific ways to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. It reminds me of Jesus's parable, his parable of the prodigal son. He's teaching this parable to Pharisees, a bunch of religious Jewish people who think that God loves them because of the, the stuff that they do, the, the religious rituals that they perform. Okay, and, and uh, if you're familiar with the prodigal son, you know, it's a son that takes his inheritance early and he goes and squanders it all. And then when he comes back uh, asking his father for forgiveness, his father takes him in and puts his best robe on him and, and throws him a party. Because it's so good that his lost son is now home. He's found. And what does the older son, who stayed home the whole time, what does he do? He hates the fact that his father has welcomed his younger son back into the fold. He hates it. And he stays outside, and he gets as far away from his father as possible. He stays outside away from the party, away from his brother. The point that Jesus was trying to get across there is that these Pharisees, they may do a bunch of things that look good on the outside, but at their core, they don't love what God loves, and they don't hate what God hates. In fact, they did the opposite. Jesus was trying to call that out. So as we apply this today, you know, we have, we're isolated. We have a lot of time on our hands. Oh, most of us do. Some people, maybe, maybe your, work ha your workload has increased being at home. Who knows? Um, but the fact is that we have a lot, um, for most of us, we have a lot more time on our hands. We have a lot more availability to grow in certain disciplines and to learn and grow in our knowledge about what God loves and what God hates. And we can grow in that ourselves. So um, let's answer David's question. Who, who can dwell in God's tent? Well, we know that that situation has kind of been reversed. It's no longer us going into the tent to meet God, but we are the tent. We are the temple. We are the tabernacle. God's Holy Spirit lives in us if we've come to know Jesus. Uh, and so the question really isn't uh, who can dwell in God's tent now, it's, it's does God dwell in you? And if that's the case, we live that out by practicing righteousness and growing to love what God loves, hate what God hates, and we live our life pursuing uh, moments where we experience the presence of God. So let's prepare ourselves for a life lived constantly in the presence of God. Hey, thanks so much for listening this morning. Please be sure to join us for our online Easter service this coming Sunday. We're actually having two services, one at 10 a.m. and then one at 5.30 p.m. So you can join us at graycityboston.com. Hope to see you there.